Welcome to the podcast, Let's Run Fit. I'm your host, Bee Lynn. This is the podcast that will fuel your fitness journey and empower you to reach your physical and mental health goals. Joining us today is Jenna. She's a passionate mom of three little boys. She's a motherhood coach, a dedicated advocate for health and wellness in both moms and children. And Jenna's going to be sharing all of her valuable insights on how to incorporate your kids into your fitness routine and teach them a healthy lifestyle. She's going to talk about how to make it a family activity and just a lifestyle instead of solitary pursuits. So let's dive right in, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Jenna. I'm so excited that you're here. If you could just briefly introduce yourself and your background in health and wellness, and particularly in the context of motherhood, and just kind of let our listeners know who you are. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, So I have three little boys that I had in four years. Um, So you can imagine what kind of toll that took on my body. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, And before having kids... um, well, before, like, my whole childhood, I was a dancer. So I was a ballerina. And then um, into high school, um, like, towards the end, I um, started incorporating working out and running into my exercise routine and then um, fell in love with that. And then the beginning of college, I had to end my dancing career for from an injury, um, but still continued to run and work out because I craved movement. I moved my whole life. I loved how I felt strong and the endorphins and all that. Um, so I was healthy leading up to my first pregnancy. And then I had to dial back in my first and second trimester a little bit when I was pregnant with him for um, some health reasons. And then, um, I mean, after it, once I kind of got back into my body and healed from a very awful birth, um, I had a very short time period where I felt like good again, good for a little bit till I got pregnant again. Um, so they were very close in age, back-to-back pregnancies. And actually with my second, I was much healthier. Um, I ran up until 29 weeks with him. Um, yeah, I was, I felt great. I was all belly and nothing else. It was just, it was really nice. He was actually surprising my biggest baby (laughs) despite all that. So, um, my birth, I did all natural. So like my healing was just so much better and I just felt more like myself after him. Um, and still continue to work out and run. And, um, then, uh, after I had my third, I, um, that one was a little bit more challenging because I was pregnant with two toddlers Oh yeah. and that pregnancy was, was not as enjoyable <laughs> towards the end when I'm all big and can't do as much. And, but I still worked out throughout it. Um, and then I had a harder time with my healing again with him afterwards um both mentally and physically um so that was just kind of a learning curve but despite all that like I still craved that movement like I knew I needed that for my sanity um even if it wasn't giving me the progress I wanted to aesthetically and physically yet like I still knew it was good for my um mental state (laughs) um it was my I wouldn't say necessarily like escape but it was like my me time Um, made me feel like a person and a human again despite like being in the throes of having three kids very young um I'm just kind of thrown into that so um to this day my old uh, my youngest is two now so um I still make it a huge priority to work out and run and move my body and my kids know that and they're all boys so they're very active as well and um I just really like 
I want to continue this not only for my own health, but also like to be a good role model and example for my kids, because I think there's like studies proven that kids of moms who exercise are healthier. Um, just based off, I guess, the environment they grow up in and what they're around and it motivates or encourages them to do so, or they do whatever mom does kind of thing. Typically the kids are usually with mom more than dad. Um, so I just want to instill that in my kids. Like I'm very passionate about health and wellness and taking care of yourself, um, both fitness wise and then mentally and then with your nutrition and everything. And so I do my best with what I got and try to manage all the things and um, give them the best and healthiest lifestyle with where we're at and what's going on and balance it all out. So what's amazing is actually a very recent episode I did. We actually talked about how kids pick up on what their parents do. And if Mm -hmm. your parent fed you unhealthy food and sat on the couch and did nothing, then that's what you're going to do with your kids because it's what you knew. So it's just amazing what just having them watch you take the time to do a workout or having them have broccoli at meals and things like that, how it changes their lives without even you actually actively thinking about it just Mm -hmm. because they pick up on what you do. Like it's just, it's so incredibly important. And that kind of like leads into our first topic for today, which is about just how can we teach these kids healthy eating habits? And you have three boys and you have three mm-hmm. young boys, which means you are at the prime age of where they decide to be picky. I know with yeah. my sister's kids, one loves eggs, the others hates eggs. And then one will love beans one day and the next day will throw them against the wall saying, nope, I've never mm-hmm. liked these in my life kind of thing. So how as a parent, have you been able to introduce healthy eating habits into your kids you know, even at their young ages? Um, well, uh, part of it comes from, I was that picky kid. So I see it from two different perspectives. One is the child's perspective and one now is a mom. Um, and how I felt and how I was raised and how I was introduced to food and like, uh, my relationship to food and there's things I liked and a lot of things I didn't that I'm trying to do differently. Um, and I don't want, now I have old boys and not to say that boys don't struggle with body image, but, um, I want to show them that food can make you feel good or not feel good and to get them to really listen to their bodies because everybody is different. And just because, um, like one of my kids doesn't like salad, but the other one does. So like. So what essentially like it's not a big deal that he'll eat this food, but this kid won't eat that food. And then this one will eat this one, but the other two won't like, I think growing up or even still today, I hear it a lot, especially from like my parents generation and older, because I guess that's how they grew up. Like you ate what was on your plate and that was it. No questions asked. You don't talk about it. You don't fuss about it. Like, and if you didn't, then there's something wrong with you essentially. Like you're a brat or you're selfish or whatever you feel entitled, but like, you, I don't want that, you know, or whatever, that just because someone's taste buds are different than yours, or someone has different likes and dislikes than you do, then that means it's like wrong. And that really used to get to me as a child, like that really, that was called picky all the time. Same. And as if it was like a bad thing that I didn't like the foods that other people deemed to be likable. Okay, so like, I like the, the color blue, but I could care less if you don't like the color blue. You know, it has nothing to do with me. And so there, there's tons of foods my kids like that I don't to this day still. And there are tons of foods that I like that they don't. But I'm not going to force it upon them to make them eat a certain thing. Um, 
what I try to do, and I, I would still be picky to this day, considered in some eyes and some I wouldn't. <clears throat> There's a lot of things I do like now that I used to not as a child. And a lot of it for me personally is like a texture thing. Um, and I know a lot of people <laughs> do deal with that. And that's not, that's not anything to like, that you've done anything wrong about it. Like, I feel like we've just made to think that like you're picky. Therefore, like you're disobeying in some way, like it's a bad thing. And it's like, no, it's just some people just don't like things. And that's, what is it, what does it do for you that they do or don't like something, you know, it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> so, um, I just try to make sure I get like a balanced diet. It doesn't matter what that looks like, you know, um, in terms of people's t- definitions of like, oh, you're not eating this one vegetable, therefore you're picky or, you know, whatever. Um, so what I try to do is um, I I don't cook multiple meals for us ever. That's way too much work. And I know that if I ever started doing that, that would never stop. Um, when they're yeah, really it's just young. just not practical at all. <laughs> no, no. Like, <laughs> people are like, how do you do it with like three? Like, and do you, and we've never eaten, um, we don't eat separately from our kids. Now my husband will when he works late, like, and he gets home just in time for bedtime, then he'll eat dinner after they go to bed. But like, if we're all home as a family, like he and I are eating after they go to bed, our own meal and we make them a kid meal. Like that doesn't happen. Um, and when they're really little, yes, there were some instances where if we were out or even at home and like, they didn't like what I made. And I expect a younger child to be pickier because their taste buds have been, been developed. I'm not um, offended that they don't like my cooking. I'm not angry at them for not cooperating. Like they're 18 months or whatever. Like we need to lower our expectations to be more realistic about a child. <laughs> um, and pick your battles like what truly is important you're not gonna like discipline a child for not liking broccoli that to me is ridiculous they did nothing wrong because their taste buds just don't like something you know um like care more about the moral things that are actually important um but to get off my soapbox a little bit so (laughs) there are only a few instances where i like okay i'll just give them something simple that i know is like a fallback but i don't say that I don't let them know I'm thinking that. I always have that in the back of my mind in case of emergency if we're somewhere and they, they're they served a meal that's like totally foreign to them. I know they're not going to eat it. Um, then, yeah, I have things in my back pocket that I'm like, okay, I, I wait to see if they'll try it. I don't just automatically throw it out there. Um, and like I said, I don't make it known to them. I also never ask my kids what do they want usually. I don't usually give them options. I just make stuff and then because I feel like the less, the less big of a deal you make something, the less, um, like, pushback you're going to get. I love so that. So when you just, like. Right there. This, just this goes with banner any, it. <laughs> yes, this goes with anything. I would tell you, like, <clears throat> I have had so much success with, like, I mean, <laughs> like, if you take your kid to the doctor and they have to, um like if they get a shot or a finger prick or like something painful done or the dentist or whatever and you don't make a big deal out of it and you don't some people like you you know you think you want to like prepare them for this moment because you know what it's like but the sometimes less is more like every time I have refrained from saying stuff or reacting a certain way like my mannerisms my tone all that like I say matter of fact, and I give them as few details as necessary. That actually um, is extremely true. It has gone so well. Like my son had a cavity filled one time. Didn't even, he didn't care one bit. 
He got to watch TV the whole time. He thought it was fun. Like, I mean, like <laughs> everything you've just said was just so perfect about not, you know, criminalizing the child just because they don't like something. Yes. I think yes. when you start yelling at them about, oh, you don't like like broccoli or you don't like spinach or Brussels sprouts or whatever, you start to make yeah. them feel bad about not yeah. liking a healthy food. And then that starts to internalize in a different way. Mm-hmm. And that starts to cause other issues down the line because now they're going to start going into the, well, I'm not a good enough child because I didn't like this one food. That was me. And we, yeah, I was the yep. same way. I pretty much grew yep. up on cereal to be completely honest. My parents eventually <laughs> just had to give up and just let me eat cereal every meal because growing mm-hmm. up, that's all I would eat. And now I eat mm-hmm. foods that my mom looks at me. She's like, I don't know where you got that from. That was not me. Same thing. Like, yep. They can't yep. figure out how the change happened. But yep. I love how it's like, just meet them where they are. The foods they like encourage yep. those foods. I also yep. love how you mentioned you don't make separate meals because it's just mm. so impractical. Like I can mm-hmm. barely function on serving one meal a day, let alone, or not a yes. day at a time, let alone right. like two. Like it's just, it's That's not too practical, much. you know? Yeah. And something it- you else you touched on was, about the body image issues mm-hmm. that can come up so easily. And it actually happens. And I know a lot of parents are like, Oh, I didn't cause my child's body, you know, image issues. And like, no, you did not directly like be like, yep, this is what you're going to have. But if you right. are constantly making eat healthy, a big deal, eat healthy, or this is going to happen to you. you need to eat healthy. So this doesn't happen to you. It turns mm-hmm. into this internalization where it turns into food as fear. Yeah. And that's actually what happened to me as a child. Like Mm. it wasn't a direct thing. It was make sure you're eating healthy. So X, Y, and Z does not happen. Make sure you keep playing sports. So X, Y, Z does not happen. And it turned to where the does not happen was this like huge fear in my life. And in my head, it was food was the problem. Food's Mm. what I have to control. And it was nothing intentional and nothing that was said directly was something that you'd be like, Oh no, that's bad. Why would you ever say it? Sorry. My dog's squeaking her squeaky boy now. She stole it back off my desk, (laughs) but it was never anything direct, but it was just enough that it caused a problem, you Mm -hmm. know? And I love that Mm -hmm. you mentioned that just make it not a big deal that this is the food we eat and this is our food and that's what matters. And I love that. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. And I'll, I'll serve them things that I know that's probably not going to happen, but I just, I don't say a word. I just put things on their plate and I see what happens. Yeah, and I don't like, ask try, them, I don't see what stare happens. at them. I don't like, yeah, they protest. And like, if it's something they haven't had before, I just ask them to try one bite because they can't say you don't like something you've never had. I try to get them to understand that logic. <laughs> and then if it's something I know they've had that they don't like, like, okay. Like I try to get them to have a little bit. Because usually when they say they don't like it, it's a, I don't prefer it. Yeah. Um, if they like flat I don't out, prefer Brussels sprouts. <laughs> right. But I know they'll still eat a little bit if I ask them to, or if I bribe them a little bit, <laughs> like then yes, I will. But I, I don't ever give them things that I know is a flat out now. I love Cause it. It's, it's not important. Like they, they can go without two food items. And yeah, there are items every single it's adult like avoid too. Like yeah. there's not an adult I, on this I, planet I, that eats everything. Yeah, I will never eat beans. I don't like them to this day. Haven't. <laughs> but like, I'm doing just fine just not eating that one food group, you know? Yeah, we're eggplant in our house. Just, we can't do eggplant. <laughs> I don't know what it is. We have tried multiple times. It's gross. How I don't like it anymore. We're like, no. we just can't. Just, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> so, but we just have to remember kids are actually little tiny humans. Like they have the yes. same emotions that we do. And 
their emotions aren't as developed. So they can't put into words Mm-mm. why they don't like something. So if you just say, well, tell me why. Yeah. Probably can't do that. They can just tell you they mm-hmm. don't like it and they like this instead. And of course right. they're going to like candy right. more, but like you right. mentioned, just put the option of what you want on the table and say nothing. And normally mm-hmm. it'll fall into place. Yep. And don't yep. let them know that you have the secret stash of what they'll actually eat. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> that's the, that's yep. the real key right there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so switching gears into more of like the active lifestyle and working out together. Do you incorporate your kids into your workout routine or have something that they do? So like if I'm working out, the kids are like doing schoolwork on a tablet or they're doing like a mini version of the workout with me and things like that. Um, yes and no. So I prefer to work out alone. <laughs> That's like my me time. It goes better. I can focus and whatnot. Um, now if I'm going to like the gym or going for a run, they're not with me. Um, I tried one time running with my kid when he was younger and I do not enjoy the jogging stroller. <laughs> so that's just not, and now I got three. So that's just not safety wise. It's dumb. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, it's hard to push those strollers. I pushed yes, one walking through no. a zoo once for my sister and I was like, nope. How do people no, run with this thing? I, can't I got a six, four and two year old. I can't push them. Like, <laughs> no. That's a lot. And if you could, that you'd be a, a superstar. <laughs> Collectively, I think they weigh more than me. So, yeah. Um, so when I run or I go to the gym, because our childcare gym is like kind of expensive. I just don't, I just don't do it. But um, if I'm working out at home, like when they're younger, it's a lot easier. Um, like to this day, sometimes if I just have my two year old with me, sometimes they will. And now he's getting kind of getting to the age where he interrupts me a lot. So I prefer not to do that because it just takes so much longer and I don't want to frustrate him or make myself frustrated and take it out on him. Um, but they know that I do it. They know I'm, I'll say mommy's going for a run. Like my mom will watch them or my husband will watch them. Like they know I do it all the time. They've gone to my races and supported me. They think it's so fun. Um, they're my old, they're my oldest two are starting to get into sports. My husband's huge into sports. So I hope that like, and we're never going to push them to do one sport or the other. The only one I'm making them do right now is swim for their safety. And they know how to swim. And it's great. That's super important. Um, yes. And then once you get to some team level, I'm like, if you hate it, you can quit. I don't care about that. But you just need to get the basics down. Um, you need to know a stroke and stuff like that and how to breathe. But um, And they do, which is great. But they, as far as activities and sports-wise, I want them to be in at least one activity. I don't care what it is. But just so they have something for themselves um hopefully at some point there are some physical activities going on because I think yes it's good to move your body like we're not meant to just sit still all day um but I'm not gonna I don't want them doing too many at one time either because you can't burn out especially as a child like be a kid and play and enjoy your life um as they get older it gets worse because they'll have to pick a sport because it's year-round yeah like sports don't end like they used to like it used to be a soccer season or a softball season and Which now is what it's, we're trying to do right now. Yeah. It's crazy because like, now they have travel season and school season and yeah. off season workouts. And yeah. It's just, it's absolutely crazy. And then we can keep up with doing. that schedule. That's a lot. Like we just did our first official um, baseball for our oldest, like T-ball season. And um, there are a few like late night games. I'm like, he's in kindergarten. This is like. Oh yeah, and it's happening more. He needs to go to school the next day. It's crazy. So like, yeah, I don't. We don't think we'll ever be those travel ball parents personally because it's just not our lifestyle. I don't know how they afford it or how people <laughs> exactly. can do the scheduling. Oh, Time and money, no. Like it's Props absolutely crazy. Years. 
but like I have some friends whose kids are in gymnastics and I'm just like, mm, that mm-hmm. is such a time and money yes. commitment. Yeah. Like that was what me secret was fountain do you have? Yeah. Dance right. is expensive too. It it's is. like, oh, where's goodness. the money fountain and how do I get one? Like, how are you right? doing this? <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> like, it's so crazy. <laughs> Yes. What are other ways you can encourage them outside of like formal exercise and sports to just be more active throughout the day? I know a lot of kids have started to get attached to screens. It's, you know, very mm-hmm. common topic is that screen time is, you know, ruining today's youth and all of those other mm-hmm. terrifying titles. What are ways you can encourage them to be more active throughout the day? Um, I don't think I have to encourage my kids. <laughs> they they like it. Um, they're movers love to move um so I, I try to balance it out especially when summertime like for our sanity everybody's sanity we need to get out of the house but I don't like to be out of the house all day every day because it's also too much um so I try to balance it out because my youngest still is on a nap during his nap time is when my older two get screen time so it's kind of like everybody's just kind of like winding down. I can work. They can be on their screens. Like we can be a little bit more quiet. And then once he's up, it's kind of free for all again. So um, they <laughs> so love you to limit screen time and they just know when their screen time is. Yes and no. So <laughs> I don't have like a timer and I have like, oh, they get an hour a day or whatever. But during nap time, they get to play educational games on the iPad while I'm in the room. So I know what they're doing. Um and they take turns because we only have one. So that is a time limit. I have to make it fair so they each have the same amount of time. But aside from that time, um, throughout the day, like my youngest does like to watch little YouTube video of Disney songs here and there. So it's usually he gets to pick what goes on TV. And so sometimes they care and they watch it and sometimes they don't. So that's kind of just like on in the background. Um, I try not to have it on all the time, but it does help my skin a little bit when he, when my two-year-old is preoccupied with that for a bit. But Sometimes I try to that have happens. Day. Like you need yeah. that. I try to encourage yes. everyone I know who is a parent. I'm like, I am not a parent myself. Like I'm not going to pretend to be an expert, mm-hmm. but sometimes it is okay to just say, here's a tablet. Give me peace for just however amount of time you need peace. Yes. Like that yes. doesn't make you a bad parent. If you just no. need a moment. Cause I feel like yeah. it's been so criminalized that if mm-hmm. you give them a mm-hmm. tablet, that you're a bad parent, I'm like, no, that means you're a human being. Exactly. Sometimes that's what you need. Like my sister uses the tablet time for when she needs her workout time. She does a 15 minute walk or run every day. And that's mm-hmm. when they get their tablet time because they, she needs them occupied and safe while she's walking yeah. circles yep. around the backyard. Like, yep. <laughs> like sometimes yeah. it's a good thing. And the kid's think that they're being rewarded when in fact, you're just trying to have your peace and quiet for a second. Exactly. Right. Like I'm like, everybody wins. (laughs) It is. Everyone thinks that they're outsmarting the rest Mm -hmm, (laughs) is one of those beautiful processes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I just make sure that my thing is like, yes, the time allotted is important. Like you don't want them on all day, but we're, I try to keep our lives busy enough to where we have time when we're out of the house doing things. We have time in the house when we're not on the screens. We have time in the house when we are on screen. So there's like a balance there. I don't want, because of the world we live in now and the world they're growing up in as kids, like technology is going to be a part of their life. So I don't want to make it a bad thing, but like anything, you can have too much of a good thing. So yeah. it's all about like, yeah, it's fine to have screens, but eventually like we got to turn them off because it's time to do something else. Like 
And when you play, you can't play outside all day long. You eventually got to come inside and get ready for bed. You know, it's like there's an end time for everything. And being able to like shift gears and transition is healthy for them. And those are techniques they need to learn. You know, like it's time to leave the park when kids are like, no, I don't want to. Like they have to learn those transitions. Like, yeah, it's hard, but that's life because nothing is like continuous, you know, and also like monitoring what they watch to me is way more important than how much. So they don't get. They can end up in random places. Exactly. They do not get to. I monitor everything they do and they're always in the same room with me when they're doing it. It keeps them more accountable to make sure Mm -hmm. for like, like you mentioned, like they're getting to do learning games. Yeah. Kids are very good at sneaking off things. So. Yes, exactly. They are. And thankfully, mine are so young that we haven't had any problems yet. But oh, it'll I want to create <laughs> now. Yeah, so that, especially as boys, like, you know, there's there's going to be some monitoring and restriction there. So Yeah, they're going to end up on some YouTube video of some video game that is way mm-hmm. above their level. Yes, yes. Because that Yeah, that and happens. I'm not just talking about, like, in a appropriate stuff when you think about the worst stuff but i'm also talking about like age appropriate things like you're saying it like, may not be bad but they don't need to be watching something a 12 year old would be watching when they're yeah like they need to wait until they're old enough to comprehend what's happening yes and i think yes. that's a huge thing that's happening in the world is kids are being exposed to things before their brain can process yes. it properly which then mm-hmm. means when that comes up in the real world their brain was like oh, okay even though it's supposed to be mm-hmm. something scary like yeah that should be a fear not a okay i watched that when i was four like no you shouldn't have watched that when you're four like the kids who watched deadpool as a kid the word kid was in your name like no Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. that was such a big thing i can remember when that movie came out and like i love that movie i'm not gonna lie but it's definitely for adults right right there's ratings for a reason (laughs) yeah and a lot of people ignore that and they're like it's a superhero movie. no no yep Yep. not at all (laughs) going back into like the fitness routine and things like that and keeping your kids active how is incorporating like your kids into an active routine that you have how do you feel like that helps strengthen the bond between you and your children because like I feel like that would be very important Mm -hmm. yes um I think a lot of it has to do with like your kids loving languages and I don't think a lot of parents think about that like we think about love languages in like our marriage and things like that but everybody has them, including your kids. So um, regardless of that, every kid values quality time with their parents. And it doesn't have people think like, I don't have time to like sit and play with them for two hours. That's not what that means. Like, they need intentional one on one, you not distracted looking at your phone, talking to someone else, doing another activity while you're trying to be with them. They just need that one on one attention. It can be like 10 minutes a day. When they say, Mommy, can you play with me? And you say no, or you ignore them, or they keep asking and asking. That's their version of saying, I love you, I want you, I need you to fill my love bucket. So, yeah. And when you say kids, no, sometimes it's fine. But when you say no every time, yeah. they're going, okay, well, mommy doesn't care. Exactly. And and I read something the other day. It's like, okay, a lot of us will say, like, um, let me finish this real quick, and then I will kind of thing, or not right now. I'm in the middle of something, and – what you value as important, what you're currently doing, they may not value that as important. So they're not seeing it as like, oh, you're washing the dishes. I get that. I'll wait till you're done. Like a child's not, not comprehend, like connecting the dots like we are. So all it speaks to them is like, I'm ignored kind of mm-hmm. mommy doesn't care. Yeah. I I'm think it's important so important that if you, know. you do say like, 
I have to finish this, that you actually follow through on that. Yes. Make sure that exactly. is the Kids most important part of the bond. Kids will hold you to what you say. And they remember. Uh-huh. They do. A hundred percent they do. Oh, my yes. niece can remember exactly who gave her the broken crayon at church like five years ago. Yep. Like, yep. And the worst part is she's only six. Like she still remembers yeah. these things. And I'm like, how does your brain have that? Details. Yep. About things that happened years ago. On like the weather that day or something. And you're like, what? <laughs> like... Yeah, they do. They remember everything. So yes, uh, anytime you make a promise, a guarantee, or even on the other side of things, even if a punishment or a consequence, make sure you're willing to follow through on whatever you're going to say you're going to do. Yeah, because they remember. Oh, yeah. And even as they get older, they might forget the details as like they grow up. But mm-hmm. the, like, mommy ignored me all the time, even if you weren't actually ignoring them. Exactly. That's how they perceived it. They're going to remember yes. that. And it's going to yes. shape, like you said, their love languages. And their love mm-hmm. toolbox growing up and their relationship attachment styles and everything else. Like it's, it is amazing. The psychology, cause I was a psychology major yeah. and mm-hmm. I focused a lot on child psychology about what they did in their childhood mm-hmm. that affects the rest of their life. Like it's absolutely mm-hmm. crazy. And you figure that out once you become a parent, you're like, Oh, that's why I act the way I act. I figured out a lot oh, of mine when I started going to therapy myself <laughs> and I was like, Whoa. Mm-hmm. That's what that came from. And like looking back, I'm like, okay, well, that's what actually happened. But as a child, it's still internalized different. Yes. Like it's just so crazy how kids really pick up. And that's why it's so important to have these healthy routines and healthy Mm -hmm. nutrition and let them watch you work out. Because if they see mommy's working out and that's why she's not playing with me right now, but they still know mommy's working out. And then when mommy is done and mommy comes in place, they go, working out is important. Being healthy is important. And yes. mommy loves me. Yes. Like yes. it just internalizes yes. all of these wonderful things. And it's so important to let your kids see that. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of parents hide a lot of that. And like, they're like, Oh, I do it before they wake up or I do it after they go to bed, but then they never oh. talk about it. Like doing it before mm-hmm. or after mm-hmm. is not a bad thing. Cause sometimes like you said, you need your me time. Yeah. Yeah. But you make sure your kids know that you do it. That they know. Yeah. Oh, my kids hundred percent know. Like yes. they know that if mommy didn't get her workout, mommy's going to be stressed. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like they know I, and they put those dots to together. Like but yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. The actual life lessons that can come just by them knowing that you work out or that you mm-hmm. eat the broccoli and you eat the Brussels sprouts or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever vegetables you eat a lot. And they see that you eat those because most of the time they're going to pay attention to that and they're going to yes. eat what you eat. And if yes. they see you say something yucky, they're just going to assume it's yucky mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. not even going to try. Cause I have had to power through some of my least favorite foods when I'm around my niece and nephews. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> yep. oh my gosh, I hate you so much for having kids right now. Cause I'm having to eat this to be a good example. And then <laughs> the five and six year olds, like they start eating it and you're like, well, at least it's worth it. And they're like, oh my God, this right. is the worst meal ever for me. But I but- know that they watched Aunt Brookie eat that. And that was so important yep. Like, yep. because they talk about it. They're like, well, I ate it because she does and she's fast and I want to be fast. And mm-hmm. that's, that's how my niece really kind of puts it together. So I mm. ate that gross meal. I still physically remember this meal. As you can tell, it was traumatizing for me. <laughs> I think my sister did it on purpose just because she knew I would. <laughs> it happens. What are some of the most common challenges that you feel like you or any parent faces when they're trying to incorporate health and fitness into their kids' lives? Um, For their kids or because they're a parent for themselves? A little bit of both because 
I could see issues with time. I can see issues with what the kid's ready for versus what they want to do because kids don't always Mm -hmm. comprehend what Mm -hmm. is practical for them. Yeah, I think well with the parent side of things, like obviously time is a huge one. And not to say it's impossible to work out with your kids. Obviously, it's not like you can you can do anything, obviously, for free and you don't need um, all this kind of stuff. But certain things are um, either not safe or harder to do with kids. So that makes it obviously anything you adding kids in the mix and it automatically ups it and as far as like how much more of a challenge it is. Um and then also like for the kids, like getting them to be active. <clears throat> I mean, I feel like most children, unless this is suppressed, and that's where we have the issue, by design and how they're created, because their children like to play, and a form of play is being physically active. You know, yeah. so they either have the sitting form of play where they're like playing with dolls or animals or action figures or Legos or whatever like the more thinking kind of or imaginative play. And then they have like the, they've got energy to burn off for a reason and they have to use it. So I feel like the kids that don't, I'm generalizing here, obviously I'm not trying to make it like sound like all kids like this are doing this, but a lot of the kids that don't or aren't as active are usually that like natural ability and desire to move is suppressed because of, I guess the parents situation or their inability to handle their child's energy level um, or their time or just whatever they've got going on. So they shove a screen in their face to like get them to calm down or they think it's, it's more stressful for them as the parent to take them to the park or to take them to go play with their friends or to have them go play outside. So they just give them other activities instead. So it's not, it's not like it's not encouraged, but it's not like almost allowed in a sense. Yeah, and so bodies the kid in is motion like, stay in motion. And yes, when you force exactly. the kid and say, sit down, be quiet, sit down, be quiet, eventually they yes. sit down and be quiet and they don't get back up. Mm-hmm. Because their brain takes it as, oh, activity, bad. Let's not do bad. that to make mom happy. And that wasn't even an intentional right. thing the parent did. Right, no. like, And that's right. one of those things about parenting that's so difficult is yeah, there's so many things that you can do mm-hmm. by accident. <laughs> yes yes yeah a lot of this is not intentional it's not like parents are like you're not supposed to be active your whole life and that's bad but it's also like I understand as a parent like how how overstimulating it can be sometimes and how stressful it can be if you don't have your own emotions and mental health and physical energy in check and taken care of then yeah of course you can't handle that and a lot of times that's why you see a lot of adults like freaking out when kids are running around or you would think being crazy. No, they're just being kids. But yeah, like you always because... have to remember they want to move until you convince yes. them not to. Exactly. But it's... allowing them to do in the safe environments that are created for that. Yes. That's what we should encourage. Oh, you know, not so to important. discourage the movement, but just where is the movement taking place? <laughs> if you could give just one piece of advice for a new parent who's, you know, kids finally starting to grow up into the years where they're starting to move, like they're just starting to move around. What advice would you give them to kind of help teach that parent the best way to kind of get your kid active in the proper way and all of that kind of movement? You know, what I'm trying to say like, get mm-hmm. the kid moving without telling them to stop, but while also keeping your sanity as a parent. <laughs> <laughs> um, activities are good. Like, 
whether it's an actual sport or like little classes, um, depending on the age, like they have like little, I know there's little gyms everywhere, like little gymnastic classes or um, great for kids to be moving um, playgrounds, the park, uh, indoor and outdoor, like any place for them to where they view it as fun. They view it as play, but it's also physical activity that they need. Um, obviously encouraging those things because the more something seems fun to a child, the more likely they're going to do it. Um, so it's, it's all about like how you paint the picture for them. Like, how do you make something seem, like I said before, with the things that are not so great when you don't, not dumb them down, but when you don't talk about them as much and you don't make a big deal out of them, then they're not as bad usually, even though it's the same thing, it just all depends on how you approach it. So how you approach activity <clears throat> should never be like viewed as a requirement because then they're not going to look at it as fun. Um, you know, should never be viewed as a form of punishment or like positive or negative to I'm going to make you move or I'm going to tell you to stop moving. Um, but also, like I said, just making sure like finding the safe places to do so in the proper areas and also um, some kids love to be social, so making it a fun thing for friends, get them to ha have them get them having friends and doing things with their friends because then they won't think about the actual activity. They'll think about, oh, I get to spend time with this person and that's fun. So therefore I want to do it. I love that. That's just perfect advice of make it fun, make it active and just make mm -hmm. it part of their life. Like it's just, it's perfect. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you so much, Jenna, for being here today. Like you shared so many good insights of just small things that don't even take a lot of time or thought for the parent, but that can make such mm -hmm. a huge difference in the child in growing them and building just a true foundation of wellness and just family focused health and fitness and just keeping it where everybody is together. So thank you so, so much. And I appreciate you more than, you know, for coming on and talking with us today. Yes. Thank you for having me. We love it. Thank you. Thanks so much runners for spending time with me and listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please hit that subscribe button and leave me a review. I always love to hear from my listeners. And if you want more let's run fit in your life, find me on Instagram at let's run fit with be lit until next time runners. The information in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for medical or professional advice. Please always consult a medical professional if you're seeking medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The Let's Run Fit podcast is not liable for risk or issues associated with using or acting upon the information in this podcast.